If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Our guest today is Lynn Lynch. Lynn's a general riding coach, but we really got Lynn on today to talk about her vaulting coach specialisation. She's a coach and coach educator within the vaulting field. How are you today, Lynn? Oh, well, thank you, Glennis. Great. Great to hear from you. Good to catch up. Lynn, inspirational quote. Have you got one for us or one that you use when you're coaching? One I personally like to use yes. is last year's programs produce last year's results. <laughs> and I like this one because it encourages you to reflect and be open to learning and change. But most importantly, when you reflect, I think you need to see what works and see what doesn't and then only change what doesn't. Yes. So sometimes you might be happy with last year's results. Exactly. Um, or other times you might be 99% happy with last year's results, but just got to tweak it a bit to improve it. Yes, you don't mm. have to throw everything out, but mm. Mm. yeah. Yeah, okay. And good about the reflecting as well. Okay. Now, Lynn, I'm going to ask you two questions because I want to know about how you started with horses, but then I want to know if that was a bit earlier and maybe you started with the vaulting specialisation a bit later or when you started with horses with vaulting. How did that all work out? Well, my first memories of horses were a little grey pony that my parents bought me when I was about 18 months old. And, <laughs> and so that's how I really started with horses. And I'm fortunate to have old video footage of me feeding him in a nappy and bossing him around. But the vaulting came much later in my life. I was fortunate enough to have a great experience growing up through Pony Club and went on to become an instructor in Pony Club. And I also volunteered within Riding for the Disabled. So from both these interests, we formed an integrated vaulting group. And basically, we just saw the mounted police do it at a display. And, and we, got, we thought we could do that. So we got a book and away we went and started to try and do the exercises that we found in the book and weren't terribly successful. But we were lucky that the Mounties came out and gave us some instruction and a hand with some of our horses. And from there, we just went on to create Sydney Vaulting Group, which became, it came out of, you know, an integrated group of people with disabilities and pony club kids who all just wanted to enjoy vaulting as an activity. Mm, mm, good. It's interesting that you said, oh, we got a book and we tried to figure out how to do it. I think mm -hmm. I was talking to Ron Patterson and when they were starting to learn dressage, he, he said, yeah, we just got a book, you know, and just sort of had yep. to read out of the book what it was all about. Yeah. yeah. And but we had a go at all the exercises and yep. we all had, you know, horses, so we tried them all out and see which ones would do it and which one didn't. And then, of course, we got, you know, the more we got into it, the more help we got with it. But mm -hmm. um, the best place you can start is where you're at and use what you've got and give it a go. Yeah, yeah, and, and good then that you're able to get the mentors and get the extra help from the mounted police as well. <laughs> yeah. They set us off in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so it was sort of that is explained then about the vaulting and how you became involved in it. Now, if people want to get involved in vaulting, what should they do? How, how can they start? Do they need to get a, a vaulting book as well or how would they start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the easiest sport to start in. 
because we're so scarcely populated across Australia, if you can find a group and work with someone who's already coaching and who has a horse that's already trained, mm. then that's a great way to do it. Many people come to me because they've done it as an activity in riding camps amongst general riding programs. So okay. there are okay. quite a few general coaches out there who have embraced it as a way to help beginners build confidence. And mm-hmm. so doing it in a general riding program, and actually I've had most of my higher level vaulters come to me through an external riding program in one manner, shape or form, some through RDA through a great friend of mine, Chrissy Johnson, who's embraced vaulting in her uh, riding camp. I was going to say, who's also a previous guest on Horse Chats. Yes, (laughs) yeah. So she's been great. So when they sort of get a real interest in it, then then she channels them over in my direction and they go on from there. And I've had a couple of people, I think about three people, come from her who have since gone on to compete overseas internationally. So Mm, mm, been very mm. fortunate there. So... I think for me, encouraging riding coaches to take it on and have it as an activity that sort of is an extension of the lunging a rider activity within coaching Mm -hmm. is the best way to grow the sport and and people sort of work together. And we've got a few new coaches taking it on at the moment. So it's it's very exciting to have, you know, new people start up it as an activity. Yep, yep. All right, that's good. Now, people have got to be, now just, you know, someone who doesn't know a lot about vaulting, if you have a look at the really good ones, They're like gymnasts on horseback. You know, they've got to be fairly flexible, fairly active, a lot of agility. What happens if someone doesn't quite have that agility but they still want to do it? Do they get better? Do they not get better? Are there other roles within the sport that they can do apart from being the person on the horse? Tell me if there's a place for those types of people. Look, not everybody who engages in vaulting is going to go internationally or be an elite-level vaulter, and you've really got to grow the base of your sport, and that supports that tiny little triangle at the top, you know? Yes. And within that base, we can cater for a lot of people. It's kids who just love horses and want to spend time with horses who don't own their own horse, and it's a a great way just to be involved with a horse activity. It's riders who want to improve their riding, It's people with disabilities who maybe having the control of the horse might not be within their scope, but actually moving around on the horse is. And for some people, many people, their goal might be just to compete in a class at walk or, you know, eventually at canter. And being able to take those people from a raw beginner Mm-hmm. to achieve their personal goals is as great a thrill as part of the sport as getting someone to the highest level. Yeah, yeah. And and as it is, and as a lot of coaches say too, it, it's not always about getting them to the highest level. Sometimes it's just getting them to achieve personal goals, getting students to achieve personal goals. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. Have you had anyone come in that's been a gymnast with no horse skills because it's sort of a marrying of the two different sports. Has anyone come to you that's not had horse skills but been, say, a very good gymnast? We've had a couple of people, yes. I had one state-level acrobatics person who mm-hmm. went on to compete in WEG in 2014 in a team's class. Okay. So when there are a few people who come across from gymnastics who transition very easily, although having said that, With the gymnasts, many of their apparatuses are all fixed, really, the beam and the floor and that sort of thing. So they have to learn to absorb the horse's movement (laughs) as opposed to using the force against the movement for their strength. So there's quite a difference in the, the skill in doing it on a horse, on a moving horse. 
one thing I am thinking about, and this is to do with the gymnasts that come across, right? So we all know that horse people are a little different. You know, we all have, we all strive for that personal connection, you know, the connection that we get with the horse. Do people who come in like gymnasts who haven't been involved with horses, do they get that connection or is the horse just a tool that they use? It's purely individual and every vaulter ends up having a different relationship with the horse. But ultimately, to trust it as you do, Mm. be able to trust it, you do need to find a connection. And it's a three-way connection. It's the lunge of the horse and the vaulter. Mm -hmm. And they connect sort of in different ways but with each other. And I think to really build that trust, yes, you do need to have the connection. Otherwise, you just don't have the confidence to perform Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. level. Yeah. All right. Now I want you to think, you know, because you're training vaulters at a high level. Do you get people come in and you look at their core skills and their personality, the the person that they are, do you get them coming in and say, yep, I reckon you're going to make it to the high level? What what sort of skills would they need for you to think that? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't <laughs> actually look at them like that. It's more about what they want and where they're at. I don't actually make those sort of judgment calls. There are, people amaze you. Mm. You can never pigeonhole them and say they'll make that one will make it and that one won't. People are pretty amazing, but you know they want to have good coordination. Yep. And I think if you were a sort of talent ID for it, you know, and scouting about, and you're looking at young kids under ten, you just want to see their coordination really. Okay. And those sort of those kids will be good at any sport and go on and become athletes in anywhere that they're really passionate about. So I think they've got to have a passion for the sport mm-hmm. and coordination, and the rest becomes you know what motivates them to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking about other parts of the horse industry. You know, and and there are skills or there are personal attributes and when you start talking about having a passion for the sport, it sort of means if they're already passionate about the sport, they're already ready and prepared to put that extra work in to, um, you know, to get up early in the morning, to look after yeah. horses, to do yeah. what's needed, so that passion, yeah. 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 Okay. And a lot of the times that's the lunger or the coach who does the horse side of it and mm-hmm. the vaulter is do, out doing the, the training and the hard yards in the gym and, okay. and dancing and all the different sports that go along with, you know, building that coordination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you've talked about Chrissy Johnson. Who else has helped you or influenced you to, to sort of get on that vaulting pathway and to do as well as you have? Vaulting-wise, there have been some wonderful international clinicians that have come out from all over the world, and yep. we've had a steady stream of international clinicians every single year that I can remember. So mm-hmm. I think as far as lunging the horse, I think Jessica Smith from Germany, who's one of the top lungers in the country over there, I think she had a great influence on me. She had a little bit of a different way of training us with the horses, and she had this great message that when you're thinking of lunging a horse on a circle, don't think of it as a circle, think of it as an octagon. Okay. And and you want eight, you know, eight sort of half halts on the circle. So every time you're asking for a bit of bend every three or four strides. Yep. 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 And so that stops you sort of hanging on that circle and drawing the horse in, but you're always allowing, you're giving that release, you know, as often as you can on that circle. And I think that sort of had a big impact on, you know, how I work with the horse. So... Yeah, I'm just sort of thinking, you know, if you're talking about 
teaching circles, you know, you're teaching 20-meter circles or, you know, small, whatever, it's a continuous curve. But if you start to think as an octagon where you're giving, it's not just one curve, is it? It's not just yep. having your aids continuously but um, really focus. Yeah, that's a good way to explain it, yeah. 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 And then I think vaulting-wise, I mean, there's an American called Devin Matoza who's just an amazing coach and inspiration, and yeah, he's had quite a great influence on the people that I've worked with. And okay. But there are lots of them. There are lots of wonderful coaches from around the world who've given us a hand. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Now, as a horse, you know, and, and I don't know, I've had very little to do with vaulting. I'm thinking that you'd need a horse who has a good rhythm and tempo, a consistent gait, a comfortable gait, good temperament. Is there anything that I've missed that there's more to it than that? And are there any horses who have really influenced you? Really, you've thought, wow, this is, you know, a standout horse for me for lunging as a lunge horse. Yeah. There are, yes. The big dressage horses that have a rhythmical canter and a period of suspension are going to score well, you know, from the judgment, 25% of our marks for the vaulter is the horse's horse score, mm-hmm. which is judged pretty much straight out of the dressage score mm-hmm. of the canter, and you're trying to achieve that seven or eight metres away from the horse because they're on a 16-metre circle. So that really big canter. However, you can get a vaulter up to an elite level on a much less canter, something that helps them build confidence that will allow a team. And definitely that rhythmical canter is what's important. I purchased a retired show jumper from Martin Gastello some years ago and the horse, Louis, was 17 years old and he just retired from show jumping. But he had a very good, strong, active canter. And like you said, he had a great temperament and work ethic. And he actually sort of loved being part of the group and a great attitude. So he was a very good horse that I was lucky enough to have him work for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he was able to accommodate not only sort of the individual vaulters, but, you know, the athletes with a disability. He, um, I was able to get my first canter squad on him and part of Durs. He enabled the Australian team to be selected that went on to compete at WEG in 2010 mm-hmm. in Kentucky. So... He was a really good horse, but certainly didn't have that really, you know, he was a Clyde thoroughbred cross, so he was very much the show jumper and not that big dressage horse, but he certainly was able to produce some good vaulting. Is it that you need the people that are learning to vault, a, a horse with not so big a stride to start with, you know, one that's easier to... You know, I'm thinking like sitting trot, you, you know, easy to stay on, not the movement, not the um, – and then as they continue and get better at vaulting, they then can move on to a bigger moving horse? Is that is that – Yes, that's yeah. right. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean that those big horses won't accommodate a beginner vaulter. They will, mm-hmm. but you want – and it depends on the, the vaulter and the horse's temperament and – personality, you know, you want to give them as good a start as possible. And so you've got to have a horse that's a little bit forgiving of mistakes or, you know, you try not to allow too many. Mm. But, yes, it's just like in riding where you want the older, experienced horse to accommodate to bring Mm -hmm. the new ones through. And then that's something that's got a bit more impulsion to take them on to the higher levels. Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's where the temperament comes in when you, you say you want them to be forgiving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's been your proudest moment? Oh, I've had a few. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was coach of Crystal Lander, who was the only individual to represent Australia at WEG in 2010, and I was very proud to be there when she competed in Kentucky. But I suppose my proud moments are not just in the elite vaulters. I've been able to help several athletes at lower levels, some with disabilities, to even just achieve their dream of competing at Canter. I mean, those times have given me just as big a buzz. I, I thought you'd say that actually, because the, because <laughs> of the way you've you've talked, you know, through the rest yeah. of the interview, that you'd say something like that. Yeah, but keep going. Where? Oh well, last yeah. year I was really fortunate to work with a group from Headspace, which mm. is a program oh, yes. that helps young mm. adults suffering with mental illness, and it was such a thrill to be able to give them a vaulting experience and have them all feel what it was like to canter. Yep. Some of them achieved all different activities. Most of them got up onto their knees at canter. And the best part, I think, was that they were all cheering and supporting each other, mm. which apparently um, was the first time that they had that sort of engagement with each other during the eight-week program that they had working with animals. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the horse just, you know, and the challenge and the excitement of it all just brought them together and, and they were very focused and really enjoyed the activity. Yeah. So I think it got presented in Parliament sort of later last year. So that was... Um, That's really good. Mm. Yeah, it was really good, and the vaulting mm. was a big part of the program. That's yeah. yeah, very good, very good. All right, now we've talked about Jessica coming over from Germany and talking about you know thinking of the circle into an octagon for people who are lunges. No, let's say lunges first. What's a tip that you could give them? Something that you see people often doing. You know, they might be just starting off, or they might be lunging at competitions. What's a common problem that they have and how do you fix it? I think for anybody starting to lunge, whether it's for vaulting or just lunging your horse, is to actually practice using the lunge rein and become very confident with mm-hmm. it before you connect it to the horse. Okay. So the letting the horse out on the circle, the drawing them back in, the holding of the whip, you know, hook the lunge rein up to a fence and practice, practice, practice so okay. that that's automatic. You don't have to think about that. So actually the skill of the rain handling is, is incredibly important and that's what ultimately keeps you safe. Mm, mm. But I think in general for people then going on and training their horses to be a vaulting horse or whatever, I think my biggest tip would have to be reward the smallest attempt and spend time with the horses and not just working them. You've got to hang out and engage with them. They're really perceptive and if you reward the smallest attempt, it'll really improve your timing with the horse and your connection and your ability to respond appropriately when other behaviours occur. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory with practical components that can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website, again, is onlinehorsecollege.com. Thanks. I'm thinking about that reward, the smallest attempt, and I was going to ask you now, is that for the people that you're working with, like Headspace (laughs) or for the horses? But I suppose it would be for both, wouldn't it? Yeah, Mm. absolutely. It's Mm. both. Yeah, it's how Mm. you build confidence and communication and and a relationship. Yep. Yep, yep. All right. Now, have you got um, a training tip or a a common problem common mistake that people do when they're actually vaulting and how can we fix that? I think a very general one is that you learn to, well, not rely on habitual patterns. So to be aware, and and I suppose 
ultimately would be if that I use with my bolters. If you know what you're doing, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. And so it means that there really are no wrong or right ways when you're trying to learn something, but that you actually work out and feel what you're doing and so you can change what you're doing. And I often get comments or questions asked about bolters having to point their toes and question about how it affects their ability as a rider to put their heel down. And it's, it really doesn't make any difference. It's just important that they know what they're doing and not rely on the habits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I suppose that's, you know, you have jumping riders that ride with shorter stirrups, dressage riders that ride with longer stirrups. doesn't mean if you're practising both, you should just be able to get out and do it. That's right, yeah, yep. Yeah. Lynn, what's been your biggest challenge in your, you know, your work with vaulting? I think always finding... The next horse is a big challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think they're saying the optimal number of horses for a vaulting coach is N plus one, where <laughs> N equals the number of the horses you currently own. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the, I think the that, that's not just for vaulting coaches. I think that's just for <laughs> horse people. <laughs> I think that it's a real challenge is to, you know, you, when you're looking at buying a horse, you get a snapshot in a moment in time and, and you never really know if they're going to be able to do the sport that we're, you know, buying them for because there's just not that many out there doing it. So they've mm. got to come from other disciplines. But mm-hmm. so it's a huge challenge to try and, you know, assess a horse and put your faith in it and enough to take them on. And, and they've got to be one that you want to work with. And, yeah, so that's yeah. always a challenge yeah. that we're always trying to decide, will this horse, you know, yep. be the one? Yep, yep. All right. Now, have you got a book that you could recommend for everyone today? General training-wise, I'd suggest yep. Georgia Bruce's Click With Horses. Yes. But for vaulters, I'd encourage them to jump on the internet and look up the American magazine called Equestrian Vaulting, and it's been going for about a decade now, and it's got some fantastic articles on everything from horse training to exercises for vaulters to judges' tips, and it's been a great magazine that comes out every quarter, and it is available online. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Now, what are you looking forward to? What horses have you got? What riders have you got coming on or vaulters have you got oh. coming on? Yeah, just tell well, me a I'm, bit about it. I'm currently training a young Frisian cross thoroughbred who yep. I'm enjoying immensely. She'll soon be eight and, and she's very engaged in the learning process. We're having a lot of fun with her. Yep. So far, she's learnt things. She can do things like hold a tennis racket and return a ball. <laughs> she can catch a towel. She can hold one end of the skipping rope while the vaulters skip. And Isn't that lovely? Has, yeah. Yeah, she always yeah. has a smile for everyone. And, and they're, they're fun activities. But not only that, it's the, all the vaulters in the team are actually learning firsthand about how horses learn. Yep. And it's it's been quite a joy to learn to do other stuff with them and not just the vaulting. So, mm. That's, mm. but hopefully it'll build a communication that'll take us through to be, being a vaulting horse as well. But and as far as the vaulters, well, yeah, we'll, we've got a great group of vaulters, and I'm looking forward to taking them all on to the next stage of where they want to go. Good, good. Okay, can you sum up your philosophy? into a lesson today, something that our listeners can then go away and uh, have something to think about for the rest of the day. Okay. Well, I suppose it doesn't happen by chance that someone is successful and if you love the process, then you never fail. So mm-hmm. I think it's more about what your measure of success is and uh, that you've got to work it at that and enjoy the process. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. And, Lynn, how can people contact you? I'm available via 
Facebook or my website, which is www.vaultingcoach.com.au. Okay, and we'll have those details on your page on horsechats.com slash Lynette Lynch. All right, Lynn, it's been wonderful talking to you today. It's, Thanks, it's been very good talking to you, catching up, and um, certainly making my knowledge about vaulting a little bit more than what it was. That's okay. been very good. Yeah. All right, and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 